Okay, ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens as storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together, we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your Cinema Q. Let's do it. Let's go. What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of Cinema Q, a colonel with me. I'm still India. And I am super pumped to talk to you guys about this show today because it's gotten a lot of buzz. It's another Netflix original. And I want to stir the pot yet again with Ginny and Georgia. So if you have not seen this show or if you have, this is a non-spoiler kernel episode. So for the next 15 minutes, we're going to dive into what I personally liked and disliked about the show and where you should place it on your cinema queue. Let's do it. So this is from the creators of the show. It says, Ginny and Georgia follows 15-year-old Ginny Miller and her 30-year-old mother, Georgia, who, along with Ginny's younger brother, Austin, moved to the fictional Massachusetts town of Wellsbury for a fresh start after Georgia's husband dies. Wah, wah, wah. Pretty intriguing logline, honestly. I think going into this show, I was expecting this to be kind of like the Gilmore Girls, and it's definitely not. The only similarity is there's a mother-daughter relationship and they're navigating life. So that's pretty much the only thing, which I don't know if that's for better or for worse, to be honest. I at first did not like the Gilmore Girls when I would watch little bits of it in high school. And then I ended up realizing it's because some of the characters are a little too like some of the people in my life. So it's quite a lot. But I actually do have quite the fondness for the Gilmore Girls now and I watch it just about every fall while I'm baking bread and it's so nice. But Ginny and Georgia is very different and I was pleasantly surprised with some of the plot that it does have. So if you are into a little more of a mystery or a little more of drama and unfolding kind of an overarching story, definitely I would consider this show because it was the mix of the rom-com coming of age with a little more mystery than I was expecting. So that definitely kept me intrigued and I'm a girl who loves a good mystery. So factor that in for what you will. But overall for this show, some of the themes like I mentioned are coming of age, family dynamics, etc. And something that I wrestle with in film and if you're on the tiktok scene you've probably seen people make fun of this very thing is shows that try to do everything and this is definitely one of those shows it's like trendy tv is trying to be the mcdonald's for people you're not going to make everyone happy though you're going to fall flat and try and fail to please everyone and check all the like trendy dare I say, like liberal boxes. So I'm not like inserting my opinion on any of these topics, but this show literally tries to add sexuality, bisexuality, uh, gun violence, gun legislation, drug use, mental health, uh, promiscuity, teenage sex, family dynamics, divorce, uh, racism, what are some other things in this show? I think at one point they started talking about like pronouns, uh, gender affirming, white supremacy, racial bias. Like this is a show that is trying very hard to be 
you know, stamp of approval by every people group. And not that that's necessarily a bad goal for cinematography, but I think it's a messy one because when you're trying to appease everyone, you'll end up just like being confusing as a show. It's hard to stick to a storyline when every other line, one of the high school characters is like, well, I'm gay, but if I were straight, this would be the heteronormative response. Like, I found it distracting and... I didn't think that it really added to the plot as much as I could feel like it was these millennial or older writers sitting in the writing room trying to think like, what buzzword do we add to make this show applicable to a younger audience? And I think because I could feel that conflict of like definitely an adult who's trying to be trendy wrote this, I think that made it feel disingenuine to a student experience. And that's why I think students on TikTok and younger people are responding by making fun of it because they're like, you're not relating to us. Like, you are silly, silly, silly adult making movie. This is dumb. Like, <laughs> so that is my two cents on some of that dynamic and why I think the show feels a little disjointed at times when it's trying to be the people pleaser kind of show. At the same time, what is not people pleasing, at least to me as someone who follows the Lord and as I shared in the last Colonel episode with Bridgerton, I'm not a huge fan of consuming explicit sexual content. This show, ugh, let me tell you, this is some tea from my perspective. Like, this is my full opinion. I do not think we should be influencing younger kids to have sexual intimacy or physical intimacy at these young, young ages. Like my personal opinion aside, I think that this is a quite a lot and quite a big, big topic to add into a show where the, the girl is, like the actress is 15, like not in real life, but the actress in the show is supposed to be 15 years old. And I said I wasn't going to spoil it, but this isn't much of a spoiler. It's like literally in the first episode. This 15-year-old girl loses her virginity in the in like the first minute of meeting this boy because she wants to see what sex is like. Um, what? And at no point in the show do they ever say that was wrong. They just kind of keep going with like it's her journey sort of thing. And the reason that I have an issue with that is because of an experience I had recently at the makeup store. So just bear with me for a second. I'm at Sephora, which sounds so bougie. I don't shop at Sephora. This is my first time buying anything at Sephora. And I went to get whatever item and I'm walking around and I saw this mom with these two girls who were friends or her daughters or something. And they were chatting about Ginny and Georgia. And this is before I had watched anything. And they were probably... Mm, 11 12 at most which I guess is like when you get makeup I don't know I think like I was in braces until I was 14 and like definitely not cute so I don't know what's normal anymore but these girls were with their mom or their mother figure getting some makeup and they were talking about Ginny and Georgia and the one girl said to the other like oh yeah I haven't watched season two but it looks really good I can't wait to watch and the other one was like oh yeah season one was awesome you're gonna love it it's so good and I was like oh and in my head I'm thinking what a cute mother-daughter show I wonder if these little girls like watch it maybe it is more for kids than I realized y'all and then I watched it and I'm watching this 15 year old girl like have sex and sexual intimacy with a man she just met and I'm 
fully uncomfortable. And then as the show goes on, more themes, more realizations, more education. They're learning different sexual things, different intimacy things. And I was like, this is like children are watching. Like not to sound super old fashioned and like crazy, but like these kids watch cinema to see what they should model their life after. I did. Like, I loved The Hunger Games and I loved Katniss Everdeen and I would braid my hair like Katniss Everdeen and I would draw strength from Disney princesses and I grew up on Pocahontas and loved Cinderella and I watched Mulan and was like, I'm a warrior. Like, I can get through hard things. Like, we can do this. And as much as we take the good things from cinema... I think, I mean, influential brains take the bad things too sometimes. And as a mature Christian, we can separate and go, again, this isn't literal. I'm not watching this to say, oh, what worldview should I have? But that's because I'm a 26-year-old mature -er Christian, like I'm an adult. I think for these young women, I just think of these girls who were at the makeup store, maybe 12 years old, who are going to go home and watch a show that basically educates a 15-year-old on how to have sex, how to give sexual pleasure to a man, how to explore her body in a way that was not just untruthful to those around her, but in like a pressury, like, I should do this because it's what I do at this age. And if they were trying in the show to get to a place where it was like, peer pressure doesn't matter, you do you, and just stick to your own values, I don't think it ever landed. One or two times they talk about some things like beauty standards or makeup or um, loving the skin you're in and and maybe eating disorders a little bit. But it's very small and it doesn't often stick the landing. And instead, we're left with a half-steamy coming-of-age show that I felt uncomfortable watching because... I was like, who is it influencing? Like, it's just it's just a lot to realize that these young audiences are engaging with something like this that is named and seems somewhat age appropriate. But I would not recommend that for any 15 year old girl who's looking for a way to view her own life and experience being a teenager. So all that said, I know I just kind of like barfed on this show, but genuinely I was surprised pleasantly with the plot. I was not expecting to enjoy the show overall as much as I did. There were some times, as I mentioned earlier, with the over buzzwording cultural narrative of the show that I just kind of got bored with some of the conversations. Another thought I have with Netflix originals that I'm noticing in some of their original movies and shows is I think they don't know how to cut their episodes shorter. It feels like almost every other dialogue scene in Ginny and Georgia could have been one to two minutes shorter and just a little more succinct. They let dialogue go on and there was these scenes where these students were just hanging out in a basement and that's literally what it felt like. I was just hanging out with them. I was like, when is it over? Like, they're not saying anything that's adding to the plot. They're not saying anything that's adding intrigue to me. They're just literally existing in a basement and have like some pop song behind them to like get us through the scene. So that's my comment for Netflix is trim up your scenes a little bit. Let's make things a little more polished. And I think the show would be all the better for it. One more comment before I give my final scores on Ginny and Georgia There are people who online were all bashing Georgia, who is the mom, who plays kind of a single mom character, and she has been through the ups and downs of life and tends to try to make the choice that's best for the family, whether or not anyone understands that. 
And people online like to just roast people in shows because that's what we do these days. And I saw a lot of comments when season two came out about like, oh, George is so narcissistic and so selfish and she's making the worst decision and she's only thinking of herself. And I think that's a pretty immature response to this woman's life and life experience. And what I do appreciate about the show is it goes back often and shows flashback scenes so we get to learn more about Georgia, her experience, and her background. And I just have to laugh at it because on one hi- on one hand, you have Gen Z and a younger audience on TikTok making fun of this show that's trying to relate to them. And then on the other hand, you have millennials who are roasting Georgia, who is closer to the millennial age, for making narcissistic, selfish choices while she's being a single mom and trying to do whatever moral thing or immoral thing she has to to keep her family together. And I just think it is a commentary on how we internalize narratives being shown to us and also just how little room for nuance most viewers and millennials and younger people have. I think we've just noticed this a lot with shows that try to be McDonald's to everyone or often reality TV shows. I think we're forgetting that at the end of the day, it's entertainment and it's not our moral compass. It's not supposed to be the way that we live our lives necessarily. But however, some people who observe this stuff will take it as a moral compass and we see that with these outbursts of social media like backlash or I hate the way she did this or I empathize with the way she did that or I can't believe they tried to be like me and I just think it's an interesting commentary I don't think there's like a fully landing point for me yet but just keep your eyes out for things like that why do people react the way we do why do we think it's always personal why Do we have a hard time just like observing characters who make different choices in fictional television um, than the choices that we would make at home? So all that to say, Ginny and Georgia, I gave a total score of six out of 10. I don't think I would change that. I was going to say maybe a little higher, but I don't think I would change it. Honestly, I did enjoy it more than I was expecting to. I have these things called laundry shows that I put on in the background while I'm doing another task and I don't pay a ton of attention to them because I'm like, oh, this is like just filler noise or something to laugh at. For example, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Friends, after I've seen New Girl three times, now it's a laundry show to me, but I do love New Girl. But Ginny and Georgia, I was purely expecting it to be a laundry show for me and I actually got pretty roped into the plot and I found myself engaging with it a lot more than I realized I would. So six out of 10 for me. For the acting department, I said 6.5 out of 10. A couple of the times I was pleasantly encouraged by the acting performance of at least the two female protagonists. I will also shout out the actress. Let me pull up her name so I don't get this wrong. The character Maxine Baker is played by Sarah Wayglass. Wayglass? And she does a phenomenal job. To me, comedy is difficult. I love pretending that I'm funny. I don't know if I am. But I think that her performance making the comedic best friend role both palpable and entirely believable in like a very raw way where she has moments where she's real and stops being this... um, funny person and and starts to just like melt into her emotion and has these other loud moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, like she's very expressive and she handles, I think, the role very, very well. So keep an eye out on her. I was pleasantly surprised with her performance, but otherwise I think everyone does 
just a fine job. So 6.5 out of 10 for me on acting. Depth overall, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, not because it's the deepest plot in the world, but because I was surprised by the depth that it did have. So maybe if I didn't come in with an expectation of a laundry show, it might be a different score. For family friendly, I said no. I said no. Granted, when you're comparing the show to something like Bridgerton, it is not as sexual as that. There's not as much emphasis on sex and there's not nudity or anything like that. But again, I am just, maybe I'm just really old fashioned or grew up in a certain kind of way, but I was like a little shocked at how much, how frequent, and how coming of age it kind of was. To me, a movie like Lady Bird would be a better coming of age movie because the sex that is in it is emphasized in this like nonchalant, almost humorous, how disappointing they portray it because the buildup is one thing and then she experiences it and it's not what she's thinking. So I think Lady Bird and shows and movies similar to that handle coming of age and sexual content much better than Ginny and Georgia did. Again, I think it's trying to make sure it checks all the boxes and unfortunately sex does sell. So it's trying to add that in so that viewers will watch it. Cinematography, I said four out of 10. I honestly can't remember a ton about the cinematography work, which to me just says that it was not super creative, not very inventive. I will look forward to season three. I do want to watch it. I am like hooked on the plot line for the most part and very curious to see what they do with that. And maybe the cinematography will shape up. Not sure. So all in all, if you are interested in romance and kind of like the coming of age and a little bit of mystery, I would recommend putting Ginny and Georgia on your cinema cue watch list. I was pleasantly surprised with the plot and I'm very curious to see what everyone else thinks. So if you have seen it and you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment. What did you think of Ginny and Georgia season one, season two, and will you watch season three? I definitely will. And if you are listening on another platform like Apple or Spotify, share this podcast with your community and drop your comments. I cannot wait to see what you have to say. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and we'll see you next time. 